1: Round the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clad in white garments with golden crowns upon their heads.
0: That is Pastor Michael Tanko, and this is Reaching Your Heart, the 24 Elders. Sounds like a very exciting broadcast today, and the first portion of this message will be brought to you here in just a moment. We'll bring it to you in two parts due to our time constraints. Thank you for listening today. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's get underway with today's message from Pastor Michael Oxen Tenko. It's a part of the Revelation series, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. It is entitled The 24 Elders. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Neil Armstrong once said, Mystery creates wonder, and wonder is the basis of man's desire to understand. In the book of Revelation, there are mysteries that are not meant to be mysteries forever. The collage of symbols, images, and heavenly visions are meant to drive us to the Bible so we can decode the mysteries with the Holy Spirit's help. In Revelation 1, John sees a vision of Jesus with seven stars in his right hand, and he sees Jesus walking in the midst of the seven lampstands. In Revelation 1.20, Christ says that the seven stars and the seven lampstands are a mystery. And then immediately he explains what they mean so that there is no mystery to the person who's reading, the person who's engaged in the prophecy. In Revelation 102 an angel comes down from heaven with an unsealed book in his hand. In fact, it is the unsealed book of Daniel that was unsealed in the year 1798. And in Revelation 107 the time for the fulfillment of the mystery of the gospel is announced so men and women can be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. You see heaven does not want men and women here or anywhere to be in the dark as to the mystery of the gospel. It is to be revealed. In Revelation 17:5, John sees a woman riding a scarlet beast with seven heads and ten horns. And on her head is the name of mystery. And then in Revelation 17, verse 7, the angel says to John in clearest terms, Why marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. I mean friend, God did not give us the book of Revelation so we would not have a clue. He did not bring Christ in the vision to John to reveal the future, his presence in time, so we could just guess at what the Bible means and have no sense of what it really means. Friend, the book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ, and a revelation it literally means. And unveiling. We can understand the mysteries of God through the Holy Spirit. There's no mist in it here. God wants you to understand divine mysteries. Based on these examples, we should not run from topics that are hard to understand. How many of you like coming to church and just hearing fluff easy stuff? Oh, just tell me something makes me feel good in my sins so I can go home and keep sinning. I mean, we don't want that, do we? We want the meat of the Word of God, the hidden manna, The stuff that helps us grow up into God and live for God forever. And, you know, to do that, we've got to plumb the mysteries of the Word of God. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we must study our Bibles deeply if we are to get the hidden treasure that is there. And so God is in the business, friend, of growing our faith, of deepening our lives so that we can know God as He really is. With that said, this morning, we are going to take a focused look at what many Christians consider to be A mystery in the book of Revelation. And when we are finished looking at the evidence behind the mystery, we're going to understand what the 24 elders are. So let's start with the big question. Who are the 24 elders in the book of Revelation? Have you ever wondered what that is? You ever wonder who they are? Well, today we're going to dig deep to find out. The mystery of the 24 elders who sit on thrones around God's throne is first introduced in the vision in Revelation 4, verse 2 and on. So let's just take our Bibles and go right there. The Bible says, after this I looked and low in heaven, an open door. Revelation 4, 2, verse 1. After this I looked and low in heaven, what kind of door? An open door. Have you ever thought heaven had a shut door for you, that you just couldn't get up there? All your prayers, all your attempts, that try as you might, you're just going to be left out. Have you ever felt that way? Now look, we read in this verse, I looked in heaven and there was an open door. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said. Now that's the voice of Jesus. It says, come up hither and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and lo, a throne stood in heaven and one seated on the throne. And the one who sat there appeared like jasper and carnelian and around the throne there was a rainbow that looked like an emerald. Round the throne were 24 thrones and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clad in white garments with golden crowns upon their heads. So here we have a picture of God's throne immediately surrounding God's throne in heaven after the ascension of Jesus. There are 24 thrones. So just before the vision of God's throne and the 24 elders here mentioned, we should pay attention to the context that leads us to this verse. God had promised the seventh church, the church of Laodicea, that represents end-time Christianity that has all the benefits of the great Advent awakening in the 1840s, that was meant to heal the Christian church of the dead era of orthodoxy that came out of the latter part of the Reformation. And God here is calling to a church that has the truth, that has the ability to act upon the truth, that has the truth that a dying world needs to hear. And he tells the church of Laodicea that they are lukewarm, they are poor, blind, wretched, and if they don't get a robe on, they're going to be naked For the judgment day. And so the context here in in Revelation 321 says, he who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. I mean, God is saying to end time Christians who need to wake up, who need to, to, to be actively engaged in their faith, that if they overcome the lethargy of the last days, that they will have the privilege of having direct access to the throne of God. Now, the vision of the 24 elders comes right after this promise is made to the church of Laodicea. Why? Because somehow these 24 elders are the guarantee that the promise made to the Laodicean church and to all the churches, it is achievable. It can be attained. They are proof that you can sit on a throne in God's presence. They are proof that you can overcome and have white garments. Now, let me show you this. In Revelation 4, we see God's throne, and there is a rainbow around the throne. The rainbow is a reminder that God will never again destroy the earth with a flood. Turn with me to Genesis 9, 13. God promised Noah in clearest terms that the rainbow represents grace. It represents a covenant of peace with all creation. God said, I set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Friend, God hung his battle bow in the sky. He hung his battle bow in the sky as a covenant of peace that he is not at war with you and me ever again. That God will bring human history to an end, but he will not destroy from the face of the earth life with a flood. I mean, maybe in your personal life this week, you have felt the floods coming right up to your neck. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But maybe you have. And maybe the flood, which is a metaphor for evil out of control is out of control in your life. This rainbow of promise means that the flood cannot drown you. You will not sink into the waters. You will not be overcome by evil. God is able, friend, to save you and to put you in a boat of grace and to float you over the flood and to bring you to the land of promise. God is faithful. When God hung his battle bow in the sky, he promised Noah that he would establish his covenant of peace with all creation. That means you too. The rainbow is a symbol of God's mercy for the whole created order, including the animals. You said, what do you mean, Pastor Mike, including the animals? Now, my little son was in school about 10 years ago. He's not little anymore. He was then. And the teacher from a Reformed tradition, very wonderful Christian lady that we love dearly. She's a fine Christian. She was talking about how Jesus didn't die for the animals. Your little dog and your little cat aren't going to heaven. Went 30 minutes like this. And she was sincere in that belief. My son stood up and quoted Psalms 36, verse 6. God saves man and beast. And, and if you read the Psalm, it's really talking about the rainbow and the clouds the promise made to the whole created order. I don't know about you, I think when God comes back and he takes us to heaven at the end of the millennium, there is going to be a renewal of all things. And I believe God's going to reach back in the past and he's going to see that dog, that cat. He's going to see that dinosaur that needs to be calmed down. And he's going to find a place in that created order for them. The book of Hebrews, I am not the book of Hebrews, Romans 8 says the creation groans waiting the revelation of the sons of God. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you had a chance to save a precious kitty cat that is dear to your heart for eternity, would you not do it? Well, why do you think God wouldn't do it? We do not know the mind of God. We cannot presume upon it. But friend, the rainbow of promise is a covenant of peace with all creation. This picture of God's throne with 24 elders and a rainbow, an emerald rainbow, is taken from two places in the Old Testament that contribute to the pictures we see here in Revelation 4 and onward. And the first picture is found in Exodus 24. When God led Israel out of Egypt, God came down from heaven, he spoke his law in fire out from the from the molten mass of what had become Mount Sinai. It was lava talk with lots of lightning all around. And everyone was scared to death except Moses. You see, Moses had come to know that God is a God of love. Yes, he has awesome power. Yes, his, his glory can consume sin in an instant, but he loves the sinner. Moses knew that. He said there's nothing to be afraid of. God has come so that what you are afraid of literally, his fear in the Hebrew will be upon your faces so you will not sin. He wanted the fire to stick to our lives, but the people ran away from the fire of God's glory and they begged Moses to not let God speak to them face to face lest they die. Maybe that's happened to you in life. You've come that close to God. His glory has been manifested and you just pull back because you don't want God to talk to you face to face. Friend, to live, we must come into the presence of God. The door must be open. We must bow down. We must see the living God by faith. God thundered the Ten Commandments from the top of the mountain and the people heard it with thunder and lightning and they were shaking in their shoes in the presence of God. Now the next day when things calmed down a little bit and they got used to God being there, you know, that torch on top of the mountain, they got used to the flames, they got used to the lightning. God invited 70 elders up the mountain to have lunch with him. Did you know that? He said, come on up and let's have a picnic. That's right, lunch. Never in the history of the world had human beings been invited in the presence of God's throne room to have lunch with him. But that's what happened that day in Exodus 24, an unbelievable event in human history. Now we think of God thundering at Sinai, speaking and giving his law, but what happened the next day was just as amazing. Suddenly God is real and he's a real chef at that. He knows how to cook and he sets a table full of food and he calls 70 elders up into the mountain to have a picnic with him on top of the mountain as he establishes his covenant with his people. Friend, it is a foretaste of the marriage supper of the Lamb in the book of Revelation. Now don't tell me that God doesn't like to have fun and food with his people. We worship a God who wants clean fun. Now did you hear the word clean? Now let's not forget the word fun. The Bible says that there is festal gathering in heaven that we are to come into God's presence and feast upon the things of eternity. Look at verse 9 of Exodus 24. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. What does it say? What does it say? It says they went up, doesn't it? And they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. Now look at verse 11. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel... They beheld God, and then the next phrase, they ate and drank. They had a picnic. They had lunch with God on top of the mountain. Here is God standing on a blue sapphire stone, and he invites 70 elders to come up the mountain and eat with him. You know, At, at that time when God delivered this marvelous invitation to the 70 elders, there was a religion out there in the land of Canaan that said exactly the opposite thing as to what God was doing here. You see, the children of Israel were getting ready to enter the promised land. And right inside the promised land, there was a false religion with a false messianic god called Baal, the vegetation god, who claimed to be the god of thunder and lightning. Now, archaeologists have discovered, we have, they have dug up the tablets that describe the palace of Baal. And it was made of blue stone. Did you know that? It was lapis lazuli. It was made of blue stone. And we know in this poetic work that has been discovered called the palace of Baal, that when Baal built his bluestone house, Baal invited 70 gods to a drunken feast to celebrate his new temple at the top of the mountain.
0: Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxen-Tanko in today's Reaching Your Heart.
1: So it's very clear here, God is doing something to make a statement about that false religion. Notice here that God is not saying, where are the gods out there? Bring me 70 gods to my holy mountain and let us have lunch. No, he's saying, where are the people out there? Where are the elders of my people? Bring those people into my presence. You see, the God of the Bible is a personal God. He's not a God that draws a line and says only the important people can come up into the mountain. He's a God who invites the nobodies and the nothings. The people who have come out of captivity. He's the person who recognizes worth in a human soul that no one else will recognize. And he says it's time to have lunch on the mountain. Bring the 70 elders of Israel who have been in Egypt. Bring them up into the mountain and we need to eat together. Friend, God comes down on the top of Mount Sinai to have a personal relationship with his people. At Sinai, God has something to say, and He is saying that I desire fellowship with you. I desire to know you. So, what does God do here to reveal the truth? God invited these 70 human beings into the throne room of the universe to have a meal with Him. And from the sapphire stone throne, God carved out two tables of sapphire stone and gave to Moses the Ten Commandments. Now, how do we know that? In Exodus 24, God says, come up to me and I will give you luchot ha'evan, tables of the stone. We have the definite article and the object of the construct chain to show that the stone in the immediate context, which is the blue sapphire stone, is the source of the Ten Commandments. We can later learn in Ezekiel one twenty six that when this sapphire stone is seen again, it is nothing less than the throne of God. From the book of Exodus, it is clearly taught that the commandments came from the stone, and they are the word and the commandment. That God's word is based on a heavenly truth that is true blue. There's no accident that ancient Israelites were commanded to put a tassel at the four corners of their garments to remember all of God's commandments, and that tassel was blue. Ezekiel 1.26, and above the firmament, over the heads of the living creatures, was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like sapphire, and seated above the likeness of a throne was a likeness, as it were, of a human form. Just like the vision of God in Revelation 4 that John saw, God is here in the vision of Ezekiel sitting on his throne. And this is the second source for the picture we see in Revelation 4. In verse 27 of Ezekiel 1, we see the vision of God and the rainbow. And it's right there, just like John saw. Go down to verse 28. Like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard the voice of one speaking. I mean, when you see that rainbow, the emerald rainbow, and God is sitting on his sapphire throne... And you realize that that represents moral authority, that God's Ten Commandment law came from it. If you stand before God's throne as a sinner friend, there is a fearfulness that settles upon the soul. So what is it that covers the throne of God that represents his law? It is a rainbow of grace, a rainbow of favor. Friend, we are to come to God as we are. We are to bring our sins into the presence of God and confess them. We are to be grateful that God's grace is what overshadows His law, and that in Jesus we can approach the living God. The emerald rainbow of promise that encircles God's throne is the sign of peace and grace, and it represents the glory of God. Now, a few years back, you realized that, many of you remember, in fact, that an arsonist burned our church property down. You remember that? 2007. Just burn the thing to the ground. And just shortly after that, I received a telephone call from one of our members here. I said, Pastor Mike, you know, this awful storm that was potentially a a tornado-ridden storm has just gone through here. And it's black in the clouds, but there is a rainbow that is of massive size overshadowing the church property. So I got in my car, I sped down there, I took a photograph of it. I had never seen anything like it. This magnificent rainbow right over the burned out house. Maybe in your life you're struggling with things that are bigger than you. Maybe your future, your hopes have been burned out. Maybe you don't see how you can make sense out of the circumstances of your life. I want you to imagine with me what is true here today. That from east to west... Over the horizon of your life, there is a rainbow of promise, an emerald rainbow. It is the promise of God that he has hung his battle bow in the sky, and he is not at war with you. And if you come to God in Christ, you are under the protection of the everlasting covenant. Friend, that is the truth we see in the vision of Revelation 4. Now, what's so amazing in the Bible is this. In this picture we saw of Exodus 24, the very first time and place in the Bible where God's throne is revealed at Mount Sinai, God invites 70 human beings, 70 sons of Levi who had been in captivity. He invites them up the mountain to have lunch with him. Who would have thought that God was like that? Now, I wonder what they ate. you have any idea? Not Taco Bell, Okay. Come on, let's get real here. Manna? Manna means what is it? Well, they may have eaten what is it up there. Well, they were happy, and I'm sure it tasted good. The real picture of God and the 70 elders on Mount Sinai is the best clue to the identity of the 24 elders in Revelation 4. The 70 elders were ordinary men who had lived in captivity in Egypt, and they were rescued by God from captivity, and they were invited up the mountain to dine with God before his sapphire throne. The heavenly scene in Revelation 4 resembles the banquet hall on Mount Sinai. Let's look at verse 4 of Revelation 4. Round the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clad in white garments with golden crowns upon their heads. Now we have clues here that seal the deal indicating who these 24 elders are. So let's just go through the four clues. Clue number one. There are 24 thrones before God's throne in the heavenly vision. Now, why is the number 24 used here? It just so happens that there were 24 divisions of the Hebrew priesthood assigned to the Jewish temple. So it matches what occurred in the temple from the time of Solomon to the time of Jesus. Every month, two divisions of the sons of Levi, which was the priestly tribe, they served in the temple for two weeks, and then another division for another two weeks. So two for each month, it added up to 24. There were 24 divisions of the Hebrew priesthood. And we have proof of this in the Bible. Turn to 1 Chronicles 24, verse 1. The Bible says the divisions of the sons of Aaron were these. The sons of Aaron, it gives Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. Now go down to verse 7. Do you see where it says the first lot fell to Jehoiarib? Do you see that? The second to Jedediah. It's describing the 24 divisions. Now go all the way down to verse 18. The 23rd, Deliah. And the 24th to Maaziah. Now you'll notice that the 8th division is the division of Abijah. There were 24 divisions, the Hebrew priesthood, that were appointed to pray and minister in the temple for the people. Now when you read the Gospel of Luke, in Luke 1.5, John the Baptist's father was serving as the 8th division of Abijah when the angel Gabriel appeared to him at the altar. That would have put him somewhere in the fourth month. With that information, you can figure out that Jesus was born in the middle of the seventh month at the Feast of Tabernacles. Christ tabernacled among us in the fall based on on this insight. So the divisions here are really important in understanding Bible truth. Now in the book of Revelation, the heavenly counterparts to these 24 divisions of the Hebrew priesthood, they're not called priests at all. You would expect them to say, well, here's Jesus and here's God and here's 24 priests. But it doesn't say that. Even though they look like priests in many ways, they're simply called 24 elders. So we ask the question, why are they pictured here as elders instead of fully credentialed priests? First Timothy 2.5 has the answer. The Bible says, for there is one God, and there is what? One mediator between God and man. What does it say? The man Christ Jesus. Friend, Jesus Christ is the only one who can represent you before the Father.
0: Amen. That will conclude the first portion of the 24 elders. Today is reaching your heart. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland.